At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Steven. And Kyle. And Merry Christmas, Holocult. Hope everybody had a wonderful or or having a wonderful holiday weekend. Absolutely. Enjoying your time with your loved ones. Do the Santa rituals. Yes. I hope everybody left their uh not sacrifices, but what's the word I can ever think of? I don't know. Yeah. Offerings? Offerings out to the entity that is known as the Santa Claus. Your fey overlords. Yes, you left them on your ritual altars, which, again, we're probably going to re-release the Santa Claus episode just <laughs> as a... I think we should do it, honestly. Just put it out the night before so everybody doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> but Kyle's got... Kyle's diving into a heater, I think. He's told me a little bit about it. He says it's going to be multi-part, and we know when Kyle when Kyle dives into those multi-parters, those are money, money episodes. Right? I think it's a good. I think it's a good story. I'm stoked. I am stoked. It's a good story. Uh, by this time, it's past December 23rd. We will know if last week's episode was just a funny haha LARP, or we are now slaves to our um, furry dog overlords. Hell yeah. Which, I mean, things could be worse. Oh, absolutely. You know, could be a lot worse. Dogs aren't bad. Before we get into Kyle's episode, we are going to get through the business. So check us out at all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Discord, Reddit, uh, TikTok, something. I don't know. I may have forgotten. Everywhere. Up, yeah, everywhere. Search up the Hollow Sky podcast. There's only one of us, so you'll find us there. A lot of people that like to be us, a lot of people that kind of pick from us, but there's only one us. That's right. And that's us. That's right. So come be part of the Holocult. It's a fun thing to do. If you have a listener experience you'd like for us to share on a future Thursday listener experience show, Kyle found some information 
on an old decrepit scroll in a cave. I did. In, on an island. Yeah, I definitely did. And that information is going to be, you want to leave us an encounter, a story, questions, whatever. Shoot that over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. You can also shoot a text or call the holophone, which is going to be 618-556-0837. We have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 145, Field, Illinois, 62031. All this information is in the show notes. Get us your stories. Get us your encounters. That way we can keep on keeping on. Keep on a trucking. That's right. If you'd like to support the show, there's plenty of ways to do it. We got a Patreon. You can go check that out. If you don't like listening to the ads, you can sign up for that. Three bucks and there ain't no ads. It's cool. Then you don't have anything to talk about. Uh, we also have our merch store up. You can go peep that if you'd like some Hollow Sky stuff to rep the Hollow Cult, which we appreciate each and every one of you out there with the Hollow Sky logo on your bodies. That's right. Have yet to see a Hollow Sky tattoo yet, but I feel like that's probably on the way. That's concerning. <laughs> yes. Dude, please don't do that. <laughs> uh, you can also, we got a Venmo, if you'd like to throw some pocket change, whatever. We appreciate that. Helps us pay for our bad habits. Word of mouth. Share the show. Share the show everywhere. I cannot stress that enough. Anytime we drop an episode, share it. It helps out so much. Like I talked about in the last episode, the podcast world has taken a weird turn. So it's going to be harder and harder for us uh, independent low-level shows to dig our way through to be successful and survive, essentially. So keep sharing, keep sharing, keep sharing. The more people, more ears we get on, the better of a chance we have after the changes are going to happen. You can also go to these podcatchers that are left and leave us a five-star rating and review also very helpful i will shout you out if you leave us one this comes to us from our friend paranormal mead maker it says encounters with the faceless five stars just got done listening to this faceless episode total awesomeness you guys totally blew my mind love all the what if she brought forward who is real and who is not question mark Paranormal Mead Maker, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us those words and stars of encouragement. We appreciate you. Very much. We appreciate you taking the time to do that. Uh, glad you liked the uh, Faceless Entity episode. That was a heater. It was good. That was a heater. And I'm hoping this one's right up there with it. I think it's going to be. Kyle's getting ready to lead us down this rabbit hole. Let's get after it. So this this story will follow a book called Above Black Project Preserve Destiny. Let's go. An insider's account of alien contact and government cover-up. Anytime, not to interrupt already, which people hate that I do. Anytime <laughs> Kyle does an episode that starts out with Project Something, hater. It's good. So, Project Preserve Destiny. This story is going to follow a Dan Sherman. I know we've loosely touched on that name before. I'm not sure if it's the same guy, if it's a different one, if it's a fucking code name. I have no idea. But this particular Dan Sherman was recruited into the NSA. 
he was attending the National Security Agency class on electronic intelligence, which would further his development as an electronic intelligence analyst within the United States Air Force. So when he got to the hotel, which was right outside the facility, he was just fucking exhausted. I think he drove like 18 hours or something crazy like that. And naturally, you get there, you want to crash. You want to take a nap. But it doesn't really pan out too well for him because whereas he he's able to, to fall asleep, but the phone rings, he answers it, and it is a Captain White. Captain White wanted to see him at 1500. It was already 1300. But Dan, he he seemed a little confused by this because two people from his base were sent to this class to further their education. However, Dan was under the impression that he was the only one being called. So he's like, this is weird. Why is protocol being broken? Why is it why why is this happening? This is this is weird. But he he just shrugs it off. And he's like, I guess I'll figure it out soon enough. Some interesting fun facts on the NSA building Dan was at. Apparently, the parking is a little way from the building. Like a good a good little walk. Which makes sense if you really peel back the layers. The NSA is often referred to as the no such agency. <laughs> which I hadn't uh, officially heard. I hadn't either, but it's it's going to be that forever. Yeah, now. and it, it's something that you, you can now keep your eye out for. Also, the building itself is built in a interesting, specific way. It's often referred to as Puzzle Palace because the way construction is at the NSA building, they're not actually allowed to build up to a certain um, height. So I'm assuming they they just keep constructing out, which is why it's Puzzle Palace, because it's just out. And the reason why That's they don't weird. build up is because they don't want any other agency to be able to get into buildings and stuff and have vantage points to see or use parabolic mics to eavesdrop they they just that's why they do it the way they do hmm. it it's some type of strategic advantage slash covertness i did not know that i didn't either but i thought it was pretty interesting but anyways back to the story dan was greeted by captain white who had to escort him through the building due to dan's security clearances not arriving on time and he makes a note how if you do any like off-site uh, security clearance work, the military is notorious for not getting your credentials there on time. But uh, Dan could tell that the security here was a bit different. Captain White, so Captain White leads him through the NSA building to Captain White's office. So right at right at the door they uh, Captain White enters his pin into the door which is pretty fucking standard, right? So they they pass through this door into another small room where there's another door in front of them. Well, Dan sees Captain White 
press his head against like a like a panel on the wall. And Dan quickly realizes, like, holy shit, this is a fucking retina scanner. Oh, that's... And you got to keep in mind, I, I think this book was released in, like, 2006. So Dan's encounter, you know, was before 2006. Yeah. And Dan is like, I, I've heard rumors about this technology, but at best it's shoddy. Like, the, and this is working... Like flawless. This is like this is standard he here. He knows like shit's real. Yeah, like he's, he's like it. this is fucking different. You know, he is in it. So they get in the room, and oddly enough, it's it's just nothing more than a normal office. Like there's like he describes it. It's there's chairs, couch, desk, sink, mini fridge. It's legitimately a fucking office. Dan describes Captain White as a uh, as a pretty fucking intimidating man. He's like six two, pretty lean, straight to the point. He's got the nice high and tight haircut, like your your pinpoint military man. Did did Dan know this Captain White prior to? No, that's nope. that's odd. Nope, knew nothing about him. Um, I would almost feel like that was sus. Like getting calls, say, hey, I need you to meet me here at this time. Yeah, that's like, what okay. he. That's what Dan was saying. He's like, why are we breaking protocol? Like, this is yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. Why am I the only one being drawn out? <laughs> so, they enter the room and sit down, and it's like the opposite. Captain White ends up being pretty chatty, and he's he's asking about Dan's drive up. If he stopped, saw any sights, just, you know, just making small talk, which as I was reading this and, and writing, it made me wonder if that was a way for Captain White to vet Dan on his tr- journey up. Like, were there any red flags in Dan's journey up? Mm. Like, did he meet with somebody? Did he... Stop at this location. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a, like, a, because he 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 describes Captain White as this very straight to the point fucking guy, and then all of a sudden they get in the office and he's like, "Oh, let's chat it up." You know, let's. I just feel like it was more of a probing tactic. Yeah, I kind I didn't think about that, but I kind of thought it was like him just trying to loosen Dan up. Like, could break, be break the ice a little bit. Like, could be because the hammer is about to come down. Uh, there we are. But I didn't think about that. That makes sense though. Like he's trying to get Dan to slip up. If he did, yeah. if he did do something, yeah, this would be the time where he'd. Because yeah, I think too. Like they're actually in the NSA building. We know the NSA guys are very fucking top secret about oh, their yeah. shit. They're very professional. But Dan responds with like, "No, dude. Like I, I literally just drove straight through. The only time I stopped was to get gas." So the captain's like, "All right, I'm sure you're tired, and I'll just fucking get to it." He's like, "I know this meeting is a little off and unusual." And so, like, he says that, and, like, Dan's sitting there in his chair just, like, sweating bullets, like, like he's comes. now he's just wondering, like, am I in trouble? Like, did I do something wrong? Is there something wrong with my credentials? Like, what the fuck is going on? And, but as, like, a, a typical military-style dude, he downplays it all, and he's like, actually, my curiosity is peaked, to say the least. Like, with all of this inconsistency i'm very curious as to what's going on captain white's like i'm sure and actually i've 
only been in this position to tell people this information a few times, and it it's never actually easy. As you know, you've been sent here to go through course EA280, but you'll also be attending another course as well. So at this point, like right right at those phrasing, Dan is like, oh, whew, all right. He's just telling me We're that good. I got another class. Like, ha, oh, this is great. We're this good. Is, this is fucking good news. I'm 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 good. So all that stress, all that anxiety, just boop, it's gone. Until the next class isn't gonna be good, is it? No. The continuation of. Uh, Captain White goes. Put a blunt, Sergeant Sherman, in the summer of 1960, your mother was visited by what the world commonly refers to as aliens. And Dan's like, what the fuck? That That is dialogue from an X-Files yeah. episode. <laughs> right. Captain White says, random tests were being conducted on the general populace at the time to determine compatibility. That's the verbiage is so weird. What the world considers aliens. Right. 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 Identifies as aliens. Yeah. That's concerning. Weird. And then the fact that Captain White says random tests were being conducted on the general populace at the time to determine compatibility. Fucking insane statement to make. Sounds like Max. Dan instantly replies back with compatibility. Captain White explains what he knows at this point, saying, you've been given an interesting ability through what we call genetic management. You have a unique ability called intuitive communications. What is that, you ask? Well, apparently it's an ability ability to communicate through the intuitive manipulation of your mind. So, in a nutshell, a handful of people have been able to use this skill within the military since it being, quote-unquote, perfected. However, there are people in the general population that also have this ability, but in most cases it actually lays dormant until it's brought out with proper exercise methods. As you can imagine... Dan is utterly overwhelmed at this point with feelings and information. Captain White smiles at the look of whether it's astonishment or concern, whatever it is. He smiles like at the confusion of Dan at this point. He knows he's got his hooks yeah, sunk in. Exactly. Now. So Captain White pulls down a uh, like a projector screen and continues with the story. He says, in 47, the government made contact with an alien species, commonly referred to as the Greys. Because of said contact, we've learned a great deal of things. Some good, and some, well, not so good. Which is what has brought you here. Which would concern the fucking shit out of me, the fact that he says, well, not so good, and that's why you're here. (laughs) gigantic red flag. Well, not only that, but imagine the amount of weight that just got landed on your fucking shoulders at that point. The not so good stuff. We're going to leave that to you, bud. Yeah. Um, in 1960, an experiment was given a great deal of attention in level one circles. 
Level one is a classification category that allows the government to compartmentalize any and all gray information. So this is very interesting information from here on out. And I don't know if it goes into it right away, but you start to learn how these operations work and it makes a lot of sense. But he goes on with the project was codenamed Project Preserve Destiny, which started in 1960 and fully operational by 1963, a genetic management pro- project with the goal of cultivating human offspring so they could have the ability to communicate with greys. Your mother was abducted in 1960 for tests, then again in 63 for the genetic procedure while you were in her womb. So Dan's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, what did you just say? He's just in utter disbelief. But, and I'm assuming some of this information was left out of the book, but Dan at this point is like, as crazy as this sounds, it also matches up because the information that is being presented to me is irrefutable. So I'm assuming he gave out dates and details about his mother and the birth and, and probably other shit that isn't public knowledge that has got Dan reeled the fuck in. Yeah. I don't, was she abducted by the aliens or was she abducted by the government? That's a good question. That's a good question. And Captain White tells Dan, he's like, listen, your abilities come from Project Preserve Destiny. In 63, the first successfully managed embryo was produced under PPD supervision, which PPD is going to be short for Project Preserve Destiny. Um, he says there were a handful were created, and then the genetics part of the program was actually terminated in 1968. So you figure from from at least, what, 1963 to 68, they ran a genetics program. You could pump out a lot of people in five years with the genetics program. Dan and others would be referred to as IC or INTCOM, which is a shortened version of intuitive communications. Oddly enough, these abilities cannot be fully utilized biologically until the person is 25 or older. Which is weird because we hear a lot of super soldier programs and shit that revolve not 25, but it's around that 30, yeah. 30 mark. Yeah. So it's weird that it's it's similar in that aspect. But there was one question on on the forefront of Dan's mind at this point that he just fucking had to know. And he looks Captain White dead in his eyes and is like, listen, dude, I have to know. Was I conceived or was I fucking implanted by aliens? And Captain White, he's like, I fucking get asked that question more than I should, but you are 100% human. Which means that Dan's mother most likely had some type of genetic alteration in the 60s. Continue on, you know, gives birth, or no, She had the alteration. She continues on with life until she meets the quote-unquote right person, had a child, 
and this is this is the government playing the fucking long game, bro. You know, all like they they just ran statistical numbers that Dan would end up where he ends up. Cause he they just they just ran like odds are that one of these people are gonna have a son. That son is gonna come into the military and land up here. Think about that. It's it because think about this the the statistical net you would have to cast at that point. Yeah. You you couldn't just do 10 people. No. You know what I mean? Like it would have to be a fucking large amount of people to know that without question, one of these individuals, at least one of them are going to end up in the military that we can help navigate them yes. to this point in life. Which means there are a lot of individuals out there that didn't get navigational help. Which will also bring up, what about the Bledsoe's? What about these CE5 motherfuckers that sit here and can draw UFOs in? Quote, unquote. Right, yeah. But you know what I mean. Like, if, if there are, if there is reality to this, and what this, if they have ties to Project Preserve Destiny? Yeah, and this whole this whole genetic engineering uh, in the womb shit makes me think of Max Spears and Project Oak Tree and Project 100%. Ibis, where they're picking specific women with specific womb structures with specific genetics to essentially breed these babies that will go on, not necessarily in the project destiny, but go but on for the, like, the, it's almost like a, like it's a, an offshoot of this program. Absolutely. It could like, that could be a modified genetic version exactly. of this. Exactly. Like where they, it's like a trial and error, you know, you do your genetics. Ah, we shortcome in this department. Let's do this. Anyways. So at this point in the story, Dan asks, all right, so what's the point? Why have all these people been selected for this project? What's the ultimate purpose? Captain White simply responds with, I don't have a fucking clue. I only get told enough to do my job. The long-term goals are only known by a handful of people within the level one classification. That's creepy. Right? White sounds almost sounds like he's happy to be able to wash his hands of the information. Like, I think Captain White is a level one person, but within level one, as you will eh, a little bit farther down the road, within level one, there are different segments within level one. Ah, uh, so he's like low tier. Yeah, he's level. He's like he is upper management, but he's like barely upper management. Yeah, like the like the assistant to the yeah. assistant. Yeah. Because he's like the way that you put it, he sounds like he is perfectly happy in the spot he's in. Oh yeah, I guarantee. I just it. have enough information to do my job, and that helps me go to sleep at night. <laughs> yep. So, all Captain White ultimately knows at this point is that Sergeant Sherman's abilities will be needed in the future when all electromagnetic communications are rendered useless. What? <laughs> What? Yes. So naturally, Dan goes, all right, well, then how does this happen? How do all electromagnetic communications, how do they go down? 
White responds with, there are things you have a need to know at this point, and that isn't one of them. Not to mention, I don't know the answer to this either. I have my suspicions, which I'm sure by the end of this, you'll have as well. Also, I looked it up because the, <laughs> the phrasing the phrasing electromagnetic communications isn't common at all. Um, apparently, almost every single way we communicate these days uses this type of system, like cell phones was a primary example. So in a nutshell, I guess it would be safe to say that all forms of Communication are going to go bye bye at some point. Oh, outside of face to face, yes, we would we would essentially be taken back to like two hundred years. Exactly. Um, if Captain White comes forward and says that they are taken down by a race of dog like human slash furry creatures, we need to talk to him. Yeah, it might be a little more imminent than. So any, I mean, it could be an EMP. It could be a solar Anything. flare. It could. They don't know. They, uh, White doesn't know. Uh, dude, I would have been like, I feel like that is a need to know. For yeah. Me. Oh yeah. Captain White, yep. you're telling me you're just going to leave me with all electromagnetic communications are gone. Yep. I feel like that's a big that's a big uh, oversight. We're not talking about right. Here. Oh yeah. But I mean, I also get it if he doesn't know. But I think he's he's not being hundred percent. He might not be. He might not be. The thing about, that's the fucked up thing about the military guys. Like a lot of military guys, it's like a very black and white. Like if your commanding officer is like, this is what you're going to fucking do. You go, okay. And you do it. Yeah. You don't fucking ask questions. You just go do your job. That's that simple. I'd say, listen, if I'm going to be a key, a key puzzle piece in communication after all their communication ceases, you better give me what I want. Oh, yeah. I'd be Not to mention, if it was a little bit more nefarious, like if they were coming to disable all long-form communications, blah, 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 it might give Dan more motivation to do the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dan, you're you're the one. You're They need you more than you need them, bro. Yep. yep. Pull, pull that weight. Yeah, throw that weight around. That's what I'm saying. But, uh. Anyways, near the nearing the end of this particular conversation with Captain White, he explains how he's like, listen, Dan, when it comes to PPD program, I'm going to be your, your point of contact. And it goes without saying, under no circumstances are you allowed to speak about this with anyone at any time, nor could you write down any information you gather from here. Nothing at all. So I find this interesting. Dan, not so he's going to be doing this PPD program, but he's also going to be doing the original class that he was brought there for. Um, it's told to him that in this IC class, this PPD class, there will be another student in there with you. Under no circumstances do you communicate with him at all, period, to the end. You're not allowed to speak to each other at any time, ever. That's strange. Weird, right? That's kind of like Max Spears in a super soldier program. He said that that they would even put 
different people that were in the program in the same cities to like fuck with them. Like you're going to go to Venice this week and there's going to be a conference here to see if they like notice each other and we'll, we'll talk to each other. That's weird. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird how it all bleeds together. Um. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As Dan was heading out to his car for the short drive back to the hotel, as anyone could imagine, there was a lot of shit going through his mind. Uh, I mentioned this because it's a lot of like how we would think in that situation. He notes that everything that was important to him prior to this is just completely fucking out the window. Not only that, the question of are we alone 100% without a doubt has now been answered for him. On top of that, he will be at the helm of fucking communicating with them. He also became more and more paranoid as he's driving back to the hotel, thinking that every car he's passing, everybody he sees is now someone watching him to make sure that he doesn't say anything to anybody. And one of the things that goes to his mind is something that I, I picture most people being, he's like, how how the fuck can they keep me from telling anybody? Like, what What do you mean? He's like, I don't understand how this is. He's like, what, am I going to be found dead? Out in the middle of nowhere? And then he's, and then he, and then it like starts to dawn on him and he's like, you know what? I'm not trying to find that out either. So I'm definitely going to keep quiet. Yeah. Yeah. He let that one sink in. He's like, yeah. actually people do yeah. get found dead. Exactly. In the middle of nowhere. I don't. I think if that were to happen to me, I don't think that I would be able to keep it from you. Oh, I wouldn't. I would fucking tell you. Yeah, 100%. I would hundred percent tell you. Yeah, that's, that's then they'd have to kill both of us. Yeah, without a doubt, it's gonna happen. At least we're on the same page. Yeah, I apologize in advance when the government abducts me and genetically mutates me. I mean, it's whatever, dude. I'm gonna tell you about it. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. I'd rather know. That's what I'm saying. I'd be like, we were right. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a fucking show then, on then it. You just hear, the day of. <laughs> two little shots come through the window and you're done. Um, we are live streaming it day of. Yeah. So the next day, Captain White meets Dan at the, the NSA building again. From here, because now Captain White's like, all right, I'm going to show you your day-to-day routine from now on. They meet at the NSA building. From there, they get into a van to head to another location. And I like the attention to detail here because he notes on the van itself. And it speaks to the compartmentalization of these types of situations within the government. The van had all blacked out windows. You couldn't see into the the van or out of the van. Hmm. Um, Even the driver is partitioned off where he couldn't, he never saw who was driving him ever, never communicated. 
The only person that he ever saw on those little small trips were Captain White, who was in the van with him at this time. Um, once he arrived at the location, it sounded like a, a quick transition from van to building. There wasn't much time to even look around. Like the van pulls up and he's like maybe five, ten steps away from the entrance to the, the building there. Um, he notes that once inside, he said it was a concrete room about the size of a four-car garage. It had no windows, no nothing that could see into this building. It was just a solid cement building that ceilings were about 12 to 14 feet high. To enter this building, Captain White had to place his hand, and this is fucking crazy. He had to put his left hand on a metal plate out on the outside, like so he's entering the building, puts his left hand on a metal plate that reads his hand. Click, buzz, you go through the door, you get to the next door. He has to scan his retinas again. And on top of scanning his retinas, he has to take his other hand and put it on a plate next to the door to scan his right hand at this point. And this, we're assuming this is not the NSA building. This is not the NSA building anymore. Where, he has no idea where the fuck he's at. So it's but you palm know, reading. It's double palm reading and retina. reading, retina reading. Dude, in my, it's hard to tell what it's reading. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, it could it could be a lot of different things. That's so that's But you know, one thing's for sure. Advanced. They are making sure that it is who they say it is entering this fucking building. Um and Dan assumes that they will it's kind of it's going to be like the same process at the NSA building. You're going to enter into another room at this point. No. You enter into an elevator. And Dan's like, "Well, that's fucking weird." Cuz there's no there's like no buttons or anything inside this elevator. There's like there's one button, essentially. It's like men in black shit. Yeah. And Dan's like, there's fucking like there's only one way we can go, and that's up. You know. Captain White hits the button, sure as shit, they start going down. And Dan says they at least traveled down for 15 seconds. And I feel like 15 seconds is a bit of a ride. On an elevator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to Google. So, after they go down for approximately 15 seconds, the doors open and they enter into a room. This room is 25 feet by about 15 feet. Um, This room has... It looks... The way it's described is almost like at the very back of the room... It looks like there's a blacked out window. So I could only assume odds are people are sitting on the other side of that window. However, I do not know for sure. There are two workstations in the room. On each side of the room, there is a table in the middle of the room that had a pitcher of water with two glasses and a plate with two pills on it. Which... Makes you feel very matrixy. Um, the captain told Dan to sit down, and he's like, "This won't take long. We just got to go over some paperwork." And he says, "Listen, you already know about the alien project, but you're also going to be 
involved in other cover or black missions. Dan asked the captain, "Why, like, why the fuck are we covering this information up? Like, like, why? What is what? Why are we doing this?" And he notes that like the captain's response is very almost scripted, but he says, "He's like." It's on cue, like like reading from a prompt. He says, that's a good question. My guess is the information being kept, if released, would create instability in the world. I'm not sure it's not so much the specific knowledge that aliens exist. It's more the information we've gained from them being the problem. Hmm. So the captain went on with it and explained how the PBD program, they wanted it to remain hidden. After learning the, that the brute force and manipulation path didn't exactly work very well, they start using what they refer to as the onion effect. And so instantly Dan's like, the fuck you mean brute force <laughs> and manipulation? <laughs> Why it's like, well, listen, uh, I'm just going to tell you bluntly here. Because that's how, that's how we did them back in the day. We told them bluntly, if you speak about this to anyone, you're going to find yourself in a very unfortunate situation. And he's he they I guess they learn that this doesn't persuade people very often from telling other people. Like people still do it, which is we kind are, of a we given. Are proof. Yeah. So he's like, so with these projects took so much manpower especially with the brute force one it took so much manpower to keep an eye on individuals that it just it was exhausting and it just didn't fucking work so they start using the the onion effect the onion effect is a similar is similar to the layers of an onion obviously it has different layers so the military does as well so you have this unclassified layer which everyone can see, and usually depicts the true mission of said organization, base, or installation. However, this isn't the case with all locations. The next layer is level five, or FOU, F-O-U-O, for official use only, which is a way of keeping what is essentially unclassified information from being disseminated indiscriminately, which, as he says, if people put the pieces of this information together, it could be as damaging as classified information. The next layer is your top secret layer, level, whatever, or what they refer to as level three, unless I wrote that down wrong. But... Within this, there are code words that further compartmentalize the release of information. These code words are used to protect things like black missions. Black missions, which are level two, are what alien projects are hidden behind. There are only a handful of congressmen that even know about black missions. These black missions are essentially the last line of defense to alien projects. 
anytime you have an alien project, you'll have black missions that cover alien project. So basically, if you have a congressman digging around into this area, someone you know from the NSA or wherever is going to approach said congressman and go, listen, I see you're digging around in here. We need to have a conversation. So they'll sit down. They'll have a top-secret conversation, quote-unquote, and the NSA individual will brief the congressman on the black mission. So at that point, odds are said congressman is going to feel important, he's going to feel informed, and he's going to fucking leave it alone because he's like, well, now I know the truth. We're running black ops in Afghanistan. It makes fucking sense. we got to keep that on the low-low. When in actuality, they're trading humans to planet Serpo. Right. The last level is one, alien missions, or they also call these slant missions. Most of the time, and this is what's crazy, most of the time, a commander of his site, so the the head dude on said base has no fucking clues, clue that there are alien missions going on at his site. That is so crazy, but so it makes sense. Typical. It makes sense. That's oh, holy shit. But it go like people ask all the time, how the fuck would they keep all this under wraps? How do they do this? Yeah. You know, it's impossible. Not well, here telling, it is. Not telling anybody. That's here it is. Yep. Make shit up. Make shit up. Um. And he's in, and Captain White goes on further saying that with personnel, it's even more complicated. It's the same process as this. It just gets a little bit more detailed. Like I said before, you have separate categories called steps, which correspond with your need to know. As far as the school process goes, Dan was told to do this same fucking process Every single day to a T. But as soon as he enters the room, he's to take two of those pills and sit at the workstation. Of course, you want to know about the pills. Apparently, they were there to help facilitate Dan's abilities. And that's all they told him. They're like he's like it's it's safe it's not gonna hurt you but these are here to facilitate your your abilities and Dan's like well what the fuck's in them and he's like it doesn't matter you have to take these pills and Dan just soldiers on he goes okay um as Dan leaves this said building they he does the whole like handprint retina handprint. And now they log him in. Like, so now he's authorized oh. to enter this building. He's made it to the next tier. Yeah. That is. Did he Did he go into, were there any side effects of taking the pills after he took I them? don't know yet. Don't know yet. But he does, like, <clears throat> um, he starts explaining from here, like, like going to the, the beginnings of these classes. And he's like, it fucking sucks. Because, like, with his other class, he gets sent to a uh, Fanex complex just north of Fort Meade. 
And he's like, this, it's so exhausting running this, like, course during the day. And he's like, here, I, I get to be be normal. Like, I'm I'm conversing with other soldiers, other individuals. It's cool. And then I, then right after this, I have to go right to the IC classes. And I can't, I'm not allowed to talk to anybody. I can't carry any of this information with me anywhere. And he's like, day in and day out of this shit is fucking killing me. It would be so hard just not to let something slip. Oh, I know. You don't even have to outright talk about it. You you were said you are not allowed to speak one word or write one word of what you know here. Yep. Especially when you're around other soldiers and you're like, got the camaraderie going on. Like, hey, you're not going to believe this, blah, blah, blah. Well, and, and another thing to compartmentalizations, I, I find this also kind of ingenious in itself. His normal classes start the exact same day as PPD classes start. So there's your your cover right there. Yep. Yep. You're right. Nope. Dan's here for this class. That's why he's here. And then you know there's not going to be any fucking logs of him going to this other class. Oh. Um, so. Everything's a cover. So, everything's a cover. It's so crazy. And another thing. So Dan tried getting slick, right? Because Dan doesn't know where he's being taken to. Essentially, like, getting in that van is like having your captors put the black mat, like the black bag oh, over yeah. your head. So Dan tries getting slick. He tries to mentally map where he's going. And every single day, the route changes. <laughs> I was, dude, I was thinking that when you were talking about being in the back and you can't see, you can't see the driver. I'm like, I wonder if he, like, were to time it with a like a stopwatch yep. if he could figure out how far they traveled. Yep, he tried I was trying to think of ways that he could do it, but that's funny. That yeah, he, he said every doing. every day the route changed, so he could never mentally map this location. Um, I did look up common elevators can travel at least five stories in fifteen seconds. That's a good little jaunt. Yeah. Yeah, that's a ways figure, underground. You figure he's at least five stories underground at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an average. They there are super elevators that can do a lot more. Right, but you just figure your set your your average elevator. Yeah. Uh, also, while doing this, Dan never once saw sunlight while going to these PPD classes because every time he would board the bus, it would be like dusk. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he would go there, but. So much so that, like, at this point, he does kind of, like, look around a little bit, I guess. I don't even know. Actually, I don't even know if he – I think they he they must pull into a building because Dan, at, at, at a certain point, begins to wonder if he's if, – if this building isn't fucking underground as well, like, or in, like, a, a bunker or something. That's kind of what I felt when you were describing it. When they said he didn't even have time to like notice any of his surroundings, I kind of felt like either they were pulling into like a like a drop off bay or something yeah. where he just is yeah. out and in the door within right. seconds. Dude, that's that's so weird. But it's so much to take in. Oh, I know, and and it gets it gets weirder. Like, because I'll I'll go through his first session, but he gets to the class. You know, he gets inside, sits down, takes the pills, and 
he sees his classmate and they just nod at each other. They don't say nothing. They just, he's like, that's all we ever did was we would nod to each other. That's it. But he he sits down in his workstation. He puts his headphones on, and there's a person that speaks to him. That, and they refer to it as the operator. In the first lesson, it consisted of listening to a tone and watching a box on the on the computer screen. And it had what they referred to as a sin wave running through it. the The process for him was, and I couldn't even fathom this. Like it sounds easy in context, but you know that it's not. So, his first uh, lesson slash assignment was to sit there. Look at the sin wave. Listen to this tone that's being put into his headphones. And he now has to mentally recreate this tone. He is like a a helping phrase was hum it with your mind. And while he's doing this, he has to watch that sin wave on the screen for changes. The goal is, for him is to manipulate that sin wave on the screen. That's which would confirm like a, a type of mental communication at that point. Yeah. It's it's the sound wave aspect is weird to me. That he hears the hum and he's gotta repeat the hum. I wonder if that has to do with him manipulating what he sees on the screen. You know what I mean? Like the oh, sound. I'm sure. I'm or, sure. Or if it was just to try to like distract him from what he was trying to do. But I, I, I took know. it as but it's weird. He has to like mentally manipulate that object on the screen. Cause there, I don't even, I think he says that there's not even like a mouse or anything for this. Like it's, it might not even be a fucking keyboard. It might just be a monitor in front of him where he has headphones and this monitor. And he, He's going on about like how fucking exhausting it is. He's like, like while while he's there at this class for I don't even know how long it took. He's not even allowed to go to the fucking bathroom. Like so it when when he's to. there, I think he was there for more than several because he says every hour he gets a ten minute break. But he's like it fucking sucks because I can't even do anything. I can't bring a magazine to read. I can't leave the facility. All I do is sit here and look at the same goddamn screen. <laughs> like he gets so, and you could, you can imagine how mentally frustrating that would be, especially being told like you don't even you don't even actually know if you have these powers, right? You were being yeah, told, yeah, by the government that you have these powers yeah. and you have to unlock them. Yeah, not like, oh the the powers that I've never unlocked. Yeah, and the strange pills don't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. How do I know this isn't fucking making me into something? How, yeah, and how, like, after you sat there for, like, four hours and that box has not changed, I'd be like, fuck this. That's where I'm at. I'm out. I'm like, this is dumb. I say, you're dumb, you're dumb, you're dumb. I'm yeah. Out. I just look over that other guy and be like, fuck you. Yeah. I'd be like, and your box moved? They'd nope. Be like, they'd be like, get out of here, you talk to him. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. like, yes. <laughs> See ya. But it would be frustrating, man. It would be, it would be insanity. It, it's like beating your head off a fucking wall. Yeah, you're, and you were just you were just accepting what they told you. 
Yeah, because you don't even have any proof of it. Logically, you sitting here with no, no nothing to manipulate the screen, you're like, this is not. How this fucking is stupid. Re- yeah, this is not how reality works. Yeah. And, and I'm not an X Men. And they've played him up like you are one of the only ways we yeah. will be able to communicate. You would think you'd go in there and be like, yeah, I got this. Bada bing, bada boom, moves, hums, got it done. Get in there and after you beat your head off the wall for the last six hours, I'd be like, no. But you well, yeah. have got the wrong guy. And on top of that, there's a homie right behind you who's trying to do the same shit. Yeah. Like, I can't even communicate with people I know in real life very well. <laughs> I sure as fuck am not going to be able to communicate with whatever these these race of beings are. Yeah. But it's just, and that's that's where I'm going to end it as the, you know, as first class. I'm excited to see where the story goes, where it all starts to unfold. Me too. Um, it does lead credence though, man, like to what Max Spears talked about, how the government were, were handling abductions because they, they clearly talk about having a genetics program and they were, they were doing tests on the general population about compatibility. And if they did it back then, you know, odds are they found another reason to do it now and throughout time. I just think yeah. it has a lot of really important tie-ins with today's uh, alien UFO lore. There are a lot of th- puzzle pieces that sync up with other ones. Yeah, and you you hear about like the government smoke screens and this, that, and the other, but until you like really really get a feel for black missions and this, that, and the other, like everything could essentially be a cover yeah, for something deeper. Yep. Which is terrifying. Well, yeah. And then dude, it's literally like using a process of keeping a dog chasing his tail. Yeah. Like, cause you just put, you put up so many smoke screens that the general public is not even going to get anywhere fucking close to this information. Because they're going to keep hitting walls. And in today's world, the biggest asset we have is the internet. However, it's probably the biggest fucking spy tool on the planet. 100%. And you know it's heavily monitored. I mean, you can't even find juicy information on the Vatican these days. Nope. I feel like they just straight scrub the internet of all that. So, the onion effect, I feel like the onion effect is extremely... um, Intelligent, not to mention it's the same shit Bob Lazar talked about, not in the exact context of the onion effect, quote unquote, but the fact that he talked about the compartmentalization of these big projects that like Steve's working on the reactor to the UFO and Kyle's working on the instrument panel. They have no fucking clue they're working on any an instrument panel or the reactor for a fucking UFO, yeah. let alone anything else. Yep. It's a, it's, I mean, it's it's a foolproof way to keep people and quiet if they don't know what they're doing. And on them projects, like Lazar said, you're not you're not allowed to talk to anybody else from other departments. Yeah. At all, you don't you don't you don't share information at all. I'm I'm trying to look at timelines between this and uh, the stuff that Spears went through, and these these essentially could be an operating at exactly the same time because Spears talks about. Project Ibis going from 1972 to 1980, which is about the time, around the time, Dan was... Well, I mean, the genetics portion of 
PPD was terminated in 68, apparently. Which, which, it's like, it's so weird. They almost like fully fall into one another. Well, and you hear about the changing of hands when it comes to these projects. Yeah. How they'll, they trade hands once in a while to keep the smokescreen that yep. harder to follow. Project Oak Tree was a campaign in the 50s to find very specific women with specific womb structures to house embryos and essentially to be surrogates to children that would be born in the 70s that would be brought into a project that goes by the name of Ibis, as well as many other possible names. It, sound, it sounds like a play on the, the this preserved destiny. Like It sounds like it runs parallel with it. Yep. According to Spears, the IBIS project began in 72 and ended in 80 and was an extension of the Nazi Uberman project. It aimed to create a perfect race along eugenic lines. It was connected to inner earth beings. It bred certain children using mothers as carriers. The children were fed intravenous. That that literally makes me feel this whole, like we've heard it time and time again, where there are quote-unquote warring factions within the government. It makes you feel like, here, like my story is the good guys. That story, oh, yeah. not so good yeah. guys. Like the NSA has their version. Yes. Say the CIA yes. had this version. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels that way. And like, I need to do this Max Spears episode. I got to yeah. get off my ass and fucking um, do some research. There's a, there's a section where Dan's talking to Captain White. And man, I just had a fucking brain fart. Oh, he asked about, uh, you talk like there's multiple um, alien missions. And Dan, or Captain White is like, I don't know for certainty, but. Yeah, you do, Dan. Or White. White is like, I don't know with 100% certainty. However, I can assume that if there's one. There's definitely more than one. So he's saying no, but he's shaking his head yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, there's not. Exactly. (laughs) And so I'm really, like, because Captain White alludes to, like, your, like, you'll have suspicions as to why all the electronics are going to go down. And I'm I'm very curious to see where this story starts to unfold. I'm stoked. Especially running it with, like, current timeline, and then we have... Collins elite references that we can lay on top of this. Well, he may have been referenced in uh, Serpo because it talks about genetic in, uh, genetic engineering of the Ebens. Remember we talked about the Ebens yeah, so much? Yeah. He could have had his hand in that too when I was just looking up a couple little things. And the there. other alluding you know, statement by White, which you brought <laughs> forward, is like what we commonly refer to as aliens, you know, and, yeah, and what people call the greys, like... It's all, like that's clearly alluding to the Greys actually have a different name. It's just that this is what they're known for, so this is what we're going to use. Yeah. And you're on. You, you don't need to know this information quite yet. And then by saying what the world refers to as aliens, that clearly signifies that maybe these aren't actually aliens, that there's something else. Yeah. The the verbiage is just so weird, man. It is weird. I think this story is going to be fucking wild. Yeah. I'm I ready. really do. I'm ready for it. So with that being said, Hollow Cult, be sure to tune in next week for part two of Project Preserve Destiny. It's... I don't know. I would not want to be in Dan's shoes. 
I would not want to be in a Dan in Dan's shoes right now, having all that information dropped on him. And you just got to kind of take everybody for their word at this point. So, yeah, that would not be where I wanted to be. But thanks for hanging out with us. Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. That being said, check us out at all our social medias. Stay safe. Stay weird. And don't take any weird pills that some government entity is trying to give you.